0: Today, uh, we, we're going to continue on the series that uh, Pastor Josh started on on, on God's economy. And, uh, you know, the, the word preach, it has a negative connotation in, in our culture, you know. I uh, don't preach at me. Well, you know, the word preach means to proclaim good news, <laughs> you know, to, te- to tell good news, you know. So the, the, the attitude of, you know, hey, don't tell me any good news. Leave me alone. I want. I just want bad news, but uh, I got good news for you today. And the good news is, is that um, God's economy is is for all of us. God wants to be involved in not just getting out of hell. God wants to be involved in in, in life to the fullest here on planet Earth. And so we're going to be looking at God's economic principles. Now, this is not a sermon series on tithing and and giving. It is a series on moving from a a given state of mind over into kingdom principles and how God views this thing that he created called, called economics. And it, it, I, I hope that, that that all preconceived ideas can be set aside, and that that you can can move boldly into God. I want to see economy by by your standards, and not by what the world has told me about, about this thing. A loaf of bread cost you the same as it cost me. Brilliant, Larry. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm saying is, you know, we've all got to eat, but God doesn't want us to just eat. God, God really, He wants us to, to thrive. He, he wants us to, to, to move ahead into his, his way of thinking. And that's what this series is about. It's about thriving in God's kingdom. And as Pastor Josh has said last week, you know, you'll have to, to approach this with, with an open mind, uh, being willing to embrace some things that might be a little uncomfortable. For most of us, it, it really isn't. For some, it might be a little because maybe some bad experiences that you may have had someplace or somebody beating you to death with a couple of scriptures out of the Bible. But, but, but the issue is, is not... It is learning to see things from heaven's perspective, and when you do that, incredible things happen. And so I'm going to ask you to be willing to let the Holy Spirit, who the Bible says is, is the teacher, let, let, the, let the teacher, let the Holy Spirit walk you through the halls of, of God's economy, of allowing Him to 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 open closed doors that, that may be there, asking Him to, to remove walls that have been built up that, that are barriers and to... Honestly, to, to let the Holy Spirit to give you the combination, <laughs> to give you the combination to God's vaults, His, his blessings of, of resources and His blessings of, 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 of availability of all that He has in mind. The basis of, the, of this whole series is out of the book of John in chapter 10, uh, verse 10. We're going to put that on the screen. And um John chapter ten verse ten was the second verse, second or third verse that as a child that I learned. Um, it was I just I had to learn this verse, um, and it was it's been a, a life verse for me ever since. But Jesus talking now this is in red the stuff in the, in the bible that is red is it's just as much scripture as the stuff that's black but there's just something about it that attracts us more when it, oh it's in red it's, it's the words of jesus yeah well you know the stuff in black is it's just as valuable it's just as important just as anointed by the holy spirit but jesus himself said these words came out of his mouth not in english by the way uh, <laughs> these words came out of his mouth the the, st- the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full, have an abundance of it, have a a, a, a great uh, plentiful leftover. It comes across in this word of abundance of of to the fullest or until it is overflowing. And God wants us to not just have life; He wants us to have life that is overflowing. He wants us to enjoy life, and and. My question for you this morning is, how are you doing with that? <laughs> how are you doing with, with enjoying life? Now, number one, this isn't heaven. This is, this is earth. We're on planet earth. We're not in heaven. And there will be rough times here. Jesus even promised us that. One of his many promises is, hey, it's going to be tough on earth, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but But how are you doing through the rough times? Heaven or God's kingdom has an economy to help you through all of the rough times. And God is full of the best economic practices and principles around. The Bible is, is, is full of one story after another of how we could thrive when we get into the principles of God's economics. And so what what, what do I mean by thrive? What, when I'm talking about thriving and you say boy Pastor Larry, thrive I'm, I'm having a, a hard time just making my house payment right now. My rent it, it is past due. I can't even find a job right now. Thrive? I'm afraid they're going to fire me next week at work. I'm I'm afraid that my marriage is going to be falling apart here because of the the pressure that's being placed on it. My my emotional stability is... I'm having a hard time. Just get out of bed in the morning. And you're saying, Thrive? And the Holy Spirit is saying, Thrive. I want you to know something. Yes, things can be tough and things can be hard, folks. But it's not over with yet. God calls us to be faithful. God calls us to be prodding along and walking one foot after the other. I'm on this trail, I'm on this pathway, and I'm going to keep going. You see, this series is designed to 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 say, let's not focus on the storm around us. And instead, let's focus on, on on the boat that God has got us in. Let's focus on the ship that God has got us in. God has got us in this gigantic luxury liner. Yeah, there may be a storm out there, but we are in a gigantic luxury liner. And some of you are saying, yeah, the Titanic was a luxury liner. (laughs) And you know, any time that we want to find an excuse why we say God can't bless us, we're going to find it. But God wants you to know that the luxury liner that he that he's got you on, it is not the Titanic. It is not going to sink. And to get off of it, you got to jump off. You've got to deny everything that God has promised you about who He is and what He is. You have got to say, God, I don't believe in Your Word. Maybe for other people it works, but 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 not for me. God's got you on a good ship. God's got you on a solid ship. Chapter one of the book that, you know, of the eight principles that, that Josh started us on last week was giving and generosity and, um, and learning how to, to give, even sometimes when you don't have it to give. And you've got to give something. you got to start giving. You can't wait, well, I'm going to wait until I'm a millionaire before I start giving, and then I will, I'll get caught up. You've got to start giving. It may be just a smile. It may, I don't know what it is, but you've got to start giving. You've got to be a resource that things are flowing out. Giving a smile when you're in a, having a hard time in a hard place, it's going it to be a very important thing. But, but you got to give. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had a lot of you to our house. We're celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary. And, you know, you saw that big tomato plant in my backyard. And... and um, you know, and we were getting ready for it. We want to put the salad together, and I I walked out, and, and we need some tomatoes for the salad. Larry, oh, okay. Well, I'll go out and pick one. So I got outside to pick the the, the tomatoes for the salad. Ah, I forgot to plant the seeds. <laughs> you know, it, it's very important that we realize that. We have to plant before we reap. We have to plant. We have to be willing to sometimes give away, even even when it may kind of hurt to, to give away. And so, as as we, last week, Josh also talked about, Pastor talked about the finances and the resources that we have and how we are to be a, a steward of them and keep them in the right place. And today, we're going to be talking about about uh, uh, two more keys. The first key is going to be of, of favor, relationship, and influence. We're also going to be talking about hard work. This idea of favor, relationships, and influence. The issue is that, you know, we have favor from God. God has already given us his favor. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to beg it. And you don't have to earn it. But but here on planet Earth, as we are around people, you're going to have to earn favor. Do you have favor at work? Whether you're involved in sales, maybe you're a teacher... Maybe you're a computer programmer. Maybe you're, maybe, you, uh, maybe you're a driver. Maybe you're a designer or an artist or a physician or a nurse or a, an attorney. Maybe you're involved in construction or maybe law enforcement or uh, maybe in counseling. But whatever your, whatever your area of putting your hands to work, in the Bible there's a euphemism for, for hands. It can be your brain also, folks. It can be your mind of putting these things to work, using them to, to, to advance the kingdom of God. You know, do, do you have favor at work? Do you have that, that thing where there's a, a, a good thing going? Now, favor takes time to win. And sometimes it takes a lot of time to to, to get that favor. It's not, it's not an absolute, but sometimes you really have to, to work hard to, to get favor. And how how do you get favor? By being good at what you do. In the workplace, you get it by being good at what you do. You do it by being dependable and by being competent. Workers around you know that you do a good job. Research shows us that in the corporate place, only 45% of the work is done that is supposed to be done by the average corporate worker. Fifty-five percent is done just by by goofing around all day long. The Christian, we are to be competent people. We are to be doing a good day's work for a good day's pay. And while God grants you favor, in the workplace, you've got to earn it. You've got to prove that you're competent. You've got to prove that you're good. You've got to show that people can depend on you. Pastor Josh has been talking about Daniel and about Joseph and how they got moved up the ladder because of the, 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 the way that they were were, were were diligent in what they did. And everybody liked to be around them. Everybody liked to, to, to put their trust and their faith in them. Sometimes yeah, it took time for them to get there. It took tests for them to get there. But they, they finally got there. In the book of, of Luke, in chapter two, verse fifty-two, we see that that Jesus, the Bible tells us that in Jesus grew in wisdom, and stature, and in favor with God and man. He grew with favor in God and man. He was a kid growing up. He grew in, in, in favor. You know, when, at about the age of twelve years old, the Bible tells us that that Jesus's family. Took him to Jerusalem, and they took him into the to the temple, and uh, it was a, it was a big celebration. So they go into the temple, and it's time to leave, and everybody's taken off, and uh, they get they get halfway home or some someplace down the road, and they look around, and they goes, uh, "Where would Jesus go? You know, you ever started a trip without Jesus? It's okay. His mom and dad did too." <laughs> they're looking around and say, we, we can't find, where'd he go? Well, maybe Aunt Gertrude's got Jesus. And, you know, they, there's no 12-year-old Jesus in any place. And say, Oh, man, what happened? So they go back and, they, you know, they go back into the, to the, to the temple and they, they, they walk in and they see this 12-year-old Jesus sitting there astounding the scholars. They're, he's asking them questions. They're asking him questions. You know, and it's, and, and it's like, wow, this kid, he's special. This kid is special. And, you know, Jesus' mom and dad kind of says, Why did you do this to us? And I know none of you have ever said that to your children, right? But, but, but why did you do this to us? And Jesus has astounded the teachers. He's, he's astounded them. And he walks out of the temple and he says, Nailed it! Nailed it! I did it. It's time. It's, it's time for it now. Yeah. It's it's time. It's time for Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. Yeah. 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 Jesus is thinking, It's time. I'm gonna get my tent. Gonna hit the road. People are gonna be amazed at the twelve year old who has got that good gospel beat. They're going to come. They're going to grab their babies and their old ladies. Everyone's going to come to Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. Ragged tent, but that's okay. No, the Bible tells us here this 12-year-old goes home and for 18 years the Bible says he was obedient to his parents. He grew in favor. He grew in favor. And sometimes when God is calling us, it doesn't happen just all at once. It doesn't happen just, boom, it's going to happen right now. There were numbers of young uh, people that have come to me and said, you know what, I want to go in the ministry. I said, great, go to Bible school. No, I don't want to waste time doing that. I don't want to waste time doing that. The Bible says, study, study. To show yourself approved. It takes time to to get that favor. And so I want to encourage you that as Jesus waited, sometimes we have to be willing to wait and to to let that favor be be proven. And Jesus waited, the Bible tells us that uh, that he waited till he was about in in Luke in chapter three, verse twenty three, he was about thirty years of age. He waited, developing more and more favor of God and man. If you read the Old Testament, you know that the Levites couldn't serve in the tabernacle until they were thirty, that King Saul wasn't crowned king until he was thirty, and King David wasn't crowned king until he was thirty also. And what I'm saying is that favor takes time and increase and in abundance takes time. That word of, of increase, it has a it has a really, really beautiful word picture tied to it of, of cutting forward. Of cutting through something that is that is in the way. How many of you like to sail? How many of you, you, you like you like? I, I, the few of you like to sail. I mean, if you like, I mean, I, I love to sail. My wife won't sail with me because she has in the past. <laughs> we were watching a movie yesterday, and uh, there was a sailboat got it got stuck on a, on a sandbar, and she says that would have been us. <laughs> uh, but. But if you've ever been out, you know, you know, on the water, you know, and, and you hit the doldrums, see? I mean, there's there's just no wind. You've been going along; it's kind of slow, and all of a sudden, there's just nothing. So you just you just sit and wait. You can't do anything. You're sitting there waiting, and if you look at the sail. And a little later, you see just a little little wobble in the sail. See it's kind of shaking a little bit. See it shaking a little bit. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. And then sometimes just Boom! All of a sudden, the wind hits the sail. And all of a sudden, the front of the, of the boat it just starts cutting through the opposition. And that advancement that God calls us to, is, it's cutting through that opposition. Sometimes you may feel like that you're in the doldrums. But when you see that that, that sail beginning to, to, to quake a little bit, beginning to, to shake a little bit, of knowing that it's, it's coming, it's, it's going to happen here. I'm going to be cutting through this opposition. I'm going to get out of the, out of the doldrums. I'm going to be moving ahead. The idea that, that we're talking about today is, is protecting that, that, that favor that you have and working in those relationships and protecting the relationships that you have. Of having the good word to say in, in relationships with people being that person that at work or in family gatherings or here at church or maybe in the marketplace with a positive word to say, something to say that is going to cut through something that is not moving and moving ahead in a great way. Last week, I was I was uh, at the grocery store, the supermarket, and, um, uh, you know, there was um, the, the the box boy, I dated myself, just that so I know. Uh, it's not a box boy anymore. It is a um, a person who fills the, uh, the bags that you brought with you, or should have brought with you, or the bags that you left in the car, or with the other 10,000 that are at home in your garage, waiting to go into the landfill to pollute it more. But... Um, but you know the 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 uh, the, the, the uh, uh, bring-your-own-bag person looks at the checker and says, "Oh man, I've I've only I've only got a couple more hours here. I'm so tired. I'm just sick of being here today." You know, and the checker says, "Yeah, I'm sick and tired of being here too. I, I can't wait to get out of here." You know, my first response is, "You know, quit your whining. You got a job, don't you?" But instead of saying that, I I did keep my mouth shut and I. I I said, wow, sounds like you've had a rough day today. And, uh, you know, the response is, to say the least, it's been horrible. I go, well, you know, since it's been so bad, look at it this way. It can only get better from here on out. You know, she goes, huh, I guess you're right, I guess you're Right. I said, so things are looking up, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, things are looking up. things are looking up. okay, so it's going to be a good day. What I want to say is sometimes you don't have to over analyze things. not just the positive word at the right place can, can, can change for somebody. I could have said, you know, yeah, tough of me, it's, it's, it's hot outside, miserable outside. Or we can say a word. We can sometimes give something away that really honestly doesn't cost us anything. doesn't cost us anything that that good word of saying that encouragement encouraging word and protecting relationships and developing new relationships and being a person of, of positive relationships. Uh, several years ago, actually it was in nineteen eighty six, that was a long time. Some of you weren't even born then, you mere children. But um, in nineteen eighty six I was at a, at a friend's house and we were working on, on this business deal that we were trying to put together and uh he was a he was a brilliant man, very very brilliant man, and he was a uh, he was a, he was a financial consultant, um, um, not not the kind that is there to take your money away from you. He was just it was just a businessman, business ideas, and we were working together on a business that we were trying to put together, and 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 he gets this call, and he says, "I got I got to take this Larry, I got to take this, but I, I want you to listen to this call." Said, okay, great, you know, no problem, Jack. So we're listening to the call, and. Um, he says, "This is so and so. He is a consultant to President Reagan." I said, well, "I just, just, just so we're, you know." We're li- I'm listening and eavesdropping on the phone call, and the phone call went something like, uh, "Hey, hey, Jack, um, you've been watching the news, yeah, yeah. Um, listen, we've got some people really, really mad at us because, you know, we bombed Libya." And uh, the pres- President Reagan didn't want to be waken. he wanted to sleep all through the night didn't want to be woken up about the, about the problem and uh, people are really kind of they're kind of skeptical and down on us because we uh, we're, we haven't paid attention to what's going on. They're saying that, but President Reagan just said, well, uh, go ahead and bomb them if any, if, any, if any of our people gets hurt, wake me up if not let me sleep <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and she said so we've got some really 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 angry what what? Jack, what should we do? And Jack says, "Man, just have the president tell everybody it's going to be okay. People just need to hear it's going to be okay." You know, and I, as I was watching the news, and I saw President Reagan go on. He didn't use the words "it's going to be okay," but after talking, he, it was the idea. Yeah, we're going to. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And see, sometimes. When people are in a place of stress and difficulty, we we need to let them know it's going to be okay. You don't have to get in and dissect everything and analyze everything and try to have a reason as to why and why and why and why. Sometimes it's just, you know what? When God's in charge, it's going to be okay. And things aren't over with yet. It's not over with yet. Yeah, it's difficult and it's hard. But hang in there. You're going to make it. And think things are going to be okay. You see, when we stay with God, all things are possible. I can do everything who, through him who gives me strength. And and sometimes just those simple words of it's going to be okay. It, you know, letting it, it is going to be okay. Just a little side story. that has nothing to do with anything. But just I just want to tell it because I know it. Uh, but the sad part about about this is my friend Jack. A little later on, was one of the people that was killed in the plane crash when the executives from uh, In-N-Out crashed in Orange County. My friend Jack was on, on that plane with them, and uh, but he was just a, a man of God that used his his influence. He used his influence on people and. This is the, the next point of what we want going to talk about today, of, of using your influence to advance the kingdom of God, using your influence inside of God's economy. In, in, there, we, in Christianity has been blessed with an incredible author, writer, uh, brain trust by the a guy by the name of John Maxwell. And John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, and influence is leadership. And uh, he's done a great job on, on, on teaching and training people to become people of influence and treasuring that influence that we have and putting it and moving it ahead toward, towards God's kingdom. My, again, I have another question for you today, and my question is, who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? You see, we attract not what we want, but we attract who we are. We attract people like us. Who are the people that are following you? That are hanging around you? Um, How hard are you working? Are you working hard? And are hard people following you? And you, you can tell some things about yourself by who you're hanging around with, your influence, your ability to influence people, your leadership. It can grow. As a matter of fact, it should be growing your leadership and your ability to take people further down the road should be growing and that's why you have to plant those little seeds of talking to a checker it's going to be okay that's why we have to plant those little seeds of I don't have much to give but you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a dollar in anyway I, I don't know where uh, I'll put a dollar in I, I'm, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start planting some seeds and I, I want to encourage you in something that that I've heard some stories about a lot of you. I've heard some stories. I've heard stories about your promotions at work. I've heard stories about how many of you have been promoted beyond promotion. and Other people that naturally, probably would have been promoted, they were bypassed and you're promoted instead. Why? Because you're competent at what you do, you're good at what you do, and you have influence in what you do. You're not afraid to use your leadership to be confident in what God is doing in your life. You know, Pastor Josh is putting some really, really great material together for emerging leaders, for em- emerging influencers. And I, I want to say this in a way that, that I, w- I want to, to encourage you in this, but it's time for some of you to step up into new places of leadership and influence in your life, your life here in the church. It's time for some of you to invest in in some time allowing Pastor Josh to to teach you how to use your life and how to use your influence and how to use your favor to to live in God's economy. As this time is coming along, I want to encourage you to to go to Pastor Josh and say, I want you to teach me more about about this. I want you to, to, to move me into more of what I can be in the kingdom of God. And I want to cut through I want to be like the front of that ship. I want to cut through the, those those dead waters and make a great thing happen in my life so that Jesus will be glorified. I want to talk a couple of minutes about, about the issue of work in Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 23. And the, we're talking about hard work. We're not talking about how much you can get by with without getting fired. It's not my job. Uh-uh, uh-uh it's the attitude of I'm here to do a good job and to work hard. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the government. And whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. not Not for men. Not for men. But God, I'm doing this for you. And if I do a good job, then God's going to get the glory. In Romans in chapter 12, in verses 11 and 12. It's a good passage. It really is. (laughs) Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. Well, when I go to work, it's a secular thing, so it's okay to, to be lazy. This is never never, 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 never be lacking in zeal. But, but, but serve the Lord. And then another passage that honestly has been one of mine and Janice's life verses. It's in, it's in the book of Psalms in, in chapter 90 in verse 17. May the fervor, may the fervor, may the fervor of our Lord, our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, 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 yes. Establish the work of our hands. Work of our hands, our mind, that thing that we use to, to, to create, to create wealth, to create resources. You know, Rabbi Kushner, who is an incredible blessing and a great writer, understand God, God's economy. He says, God doesn't want you to be rich. God doesn't want you to be rich. He wants you to be striving. He wants you to be striving. And out of striving is going to come the the, the blessings and and the fruit. Out of striving is going to come a tomato plant. Out of striving, you're setting yourself and positioning yourself so that, that God can bless you. Jesus tells the, the story, the parable of the the uh, of the the, the, Lord, the landlord who or, or the uh, the boss who had, was going to go on a trip, and he gives his he gives his um, his servants um, talents. A talent is a measure of gold or silver. He gives one of them uh, uh, ten talents. He gives another one five talents, and gives one of them one talent. He goes on his trip and he comes back and he says, "Um, hey, uh, okay, what'd you do? Show me what you did. And um, the one that he gave the 10 talents to, he says, "Um, um, here, you gave me 10 talents. I made 10 more. Here's your, your, great, good for you. Well, I am so proud of you. Five talent guy, okay, here. You gave me five talents. I got five for you. Here you go. Great. Great. Good for you. Good for you. By the way, a talent, a measure, is 75 pounds. Can you imagine somebody giving you 750 pounds of gold? I'm I'm going to Hawaii. I don't know about you. Just another little little side story. Um, King David, when he was crowned, his crown weighed 75 pounds it was a talent of gold you know, no wonder he could kill a lion and a giant the guy was a stud <laughs> you know, but anyway I, I digress but um, so the, the guy that's the one talent he says the, the Lord comes back and says okay uh, I gave you a talent um, this guy doubled it this guy doubled it uh, what you got for me And he says, you know what? I knew that you were a hard Lord and uh, I didn't want to take any chances. So I buried it in the ground. So here's your talent back. And the parable that Jesus is telling about this, the guy says, you lazy, insignificant person. How dare you take what I have given you and just bury it? Not only do you not get that, I'm going to take what you've got and I'm going to give it to the guy that had the 10 talents. He's a better servant than you. Now, that really smacks our culture right in the face, folks. In our quasi-socialistic culture, well, let's take, you know, the one guy that's got the 20 talents and the guy who has now the, the 10 talents, and let's take these 31 talents, and let's just divide them all up evenly amongst everybody. Not from the Bible, folks. Not from the Bible. We are to take care of those who are downtrodden, We are to take care of the hungry. We are to take care of the the weak and the oppressed. It is a responsibility of the body of Christ to do that. It is our responsibility. The Bible says when you take care of the downtrodden, when you take care of the poor, it's like loaning to God. And God wants his kids to move into his his economy. If the church was, was doing it right, There would be no need for any type of a government agency to take care of of the social needs. They would just simply be in the way. Now, what I want to to encourage you on this idea of of work, you know, watch out for hasty speculation. The Bible says that that hasty speculation brings in poverty. Watch out for get-rich-quick schemes. They will, they will rob you. Watch out for anything that is uh, a, a pyramid scheme or because they all try to be a Ponzi scam. I wish I could say that I've never been tricked. I wish I could say, I am the smartest person and I've never been tricked. But i got to be honest with you, I have. One time we had a, a dear sweet lady that came to us. and She said, I, I'm working with this group of people and this is one of God's way to grow ministry. And I thought, well, you know what? It sounds right, it sounds right. And this, and the sad thing is, is I, honest, I didn't lose that much, but this poor lady lost everything. She lost everything. It was a scheme. It was a Ponzi scam. They had learned to say the right words to Christians. If God wants to bless you, and this is one of the ways that God blesses a hundredfold, as the Bible says. Watch out for for the, those the, the, you know those people that are that have a scam to get your money. Steady plotting brings in prosperity. Hasty speculation brings in poverty. Just another little point of view I want to close off with, and I'm going to ask the worship band to come up to the front as we're doing this. But, but maybe you are tired of your job and you've you've had it at work. You just want to quit. You just want to quit. In my years of making it through ministry, I one of the jobs that I took was a uh, was as a uh, as a headhunter, uh, and um, in this job as a headhunter, one of the things that that they would uh, that they would do is when we're looking at resumes, and they say, oh, "Take a look at the resume. If they're not working, if they don't have a job right now. Throw it away. They're not employable. If you have a job, don't quit your job thinking think you're going to get another one. Even as hard as it is, ask God to give you grace to make it through." Ask God to give you the strength to make it through and, 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 and until he releases you to, to take another job. But you don't know how hard it is. And I'm not saying this as an absolute. Trust me, folks. I'm not saying this as absolute. But what I am saying is that from, from the viewpoint of an employer, an employer would rather have somebody who is working as somebody who is, oh, I'm just sitting around doing nothing right now. I believe that it is the responsibility of dads, I believe from the New Test, Old Testament principles, it's the responsibility of dads to teach their kids how to work. And dads, I think mm-hmm. you need to teach your kids how to, how to work and how to work hard. Mm-hmm. Not to have the attitude, it's not my job, let somebody else do it. You know, Rebecca, she was... You know she. You know they. You know they asked her to. Hey, give us a drink of water. She said, "Give you a drink of water. Nothing. I'll water your camels too." Because of that, she was included in, in the line of Jesus Christ. Dad, it's important to teach your kids how to work. As a kid, I one time my, my dad had this ugly, 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 thrashed, beat up, 1947 Chevy pickup. It was the ugliest thing on the face of the earth. Um. And I'm walking past. He was under. He was laying underneath, working on it. I'm walking past and I hear, Hey, get under here and learn something. <laughs> my dad taught me how to, to rebuild an engine. Little did I know that a little later on in my life, it was going to, to be very, very important for me. My, my life in general, as well as in my, my life of, 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 of learning how to work and how to work hard. Keep after it, son. You can't can't quit just because your knuckles are bleeding. Keep after it. Come on, keep after this thing. Don't don't look for excuse to quit. Look for excuse to get the job done. My dad wasn't that mean, by the way, I, you know. but later on, I would use those skills that he taught me to do something that was a hobby, but it provided for me to be in the ministry of. I, I got to rebuild uh, three Jaguar XKEs and remodel them and sell them and, uh, and have, you know, invest them in, 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 in the ministry. My dad taught me how to work. One of the key secrets was, Larry, keep your work in front of you. Keep your work in front of you. If you're sweeping a floor, don't sweep a path down the middle. Sweep. Go back. Keep your work in front of you. Get it all in front of you at the right place at the right time. We were working on a he had me on the oil fields one winter. Uh, it was cold. It was freezing cold. We were we were welding some. They're called grouser bars on a tractor. They're the they're the, the cleats that, that grab the the, the ground as the tractor is, is moving ahead. They'd worn off, and uh, we had to replace them. And uh, it was about a eighteen or twenty hour job. No breaks. you busy. we gotta get this job done. Well, let's go. Only one way to get the job done. Let's get the job done. <laughs> He was right. And he said, But keep your work in front of you. When you're starting, don't start on the side. If you start on the side, the metal's going to warp and the metal's going to bend up and you're going to have a big mess on your hands. Guess what I did? <laughs> yeah, I want to start on the side. I just want to see if he's right. Yeah, check the old man out, see if he knows what he's talking about. You know, say, so well, um, I got a gap this big over on the opposite side. He walks about, he walks by me, looks at it, and says, you just had to do it, didn't you? <laughs> Son, keep your work in front of you. You see, in the kingdom of God, He wants us to, to keep it all in front of us. God's got no no hidden agendas. He wants us to learn and to work hard. The greatest gift, dads, you can give your kids is to teach them to good, be good employees. Teach him not to have how much can I get by with mentality. But learn that that work is honorable. Work is something that impresses God. Because you ready for this? Because God invented work. He took his time when he got tired and he rested. I mean, we know that the omnipotent God doesn't get tired and need rest. But he modeled it to us. So I want to encourage you yeah, maybe life is hard and difficult and full of stress and just having a hard time making it. Just can't get all the bills paid and they're coming after me. And what am I going to do? I just want to encourage you to stay faithful to the principles of God, to God's finances, and allowing God to bless you, allowing God to, to strengthen you, to teach you more and more and more about His economy. I ask the ushers to come to the front and as they're coming maybe some of you you're just in a really really rough place you may be one of those people that you say man I'm I'm not sure about work I'm I'm afraid they may fire me this week I'm working hard I'm, I'm doing my best but I, I don't know I, I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm not I'm not thriving at work and I, I, I just need prayer I'm going to ask all of you just to bow your heads and close your eyes I I just I just need prayer. I need the Holy Spirit to minister to me right now about my place of work. And if if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to just just raise your hands, just say, Yeah, I need okay, great, great. Good, good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father in heaven, I pray just a release of the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. To go before everyone here and make a way. God, that it's not over with yet. God teaching to strive and to move ahead boldly in you. God, to give favor. God, give them those chances to show that they are that they're very, very diligent in their job and they're very competent in their job. God, if their boss is unfair and is just riding them, God, I pray that you would remove that boss and and promote this person. You did it all the time for people in the Old Testament. God, give those promotions. I ask these things in your name. God, as we give to you now, we give to your economy now, bless this offering to the fullest extent of the gospel of Jesus Christ the good message that Jesus Christ our Lord conquered sin and death and rose from the grave that we can live a life of abundance a life of victory God that we are cutting through the opposition water and we are winners in the name of Jesus Christ Amen